You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Friday edition. We have got some fresh news. One quarterback off the market, seemingly one team, maybe no longer needing a quarterback that signed that quarterback. Get into the latest around the NFL with the New England Patriots and Cam Newton. Some other signings happening around the league as teams prep for the start of free agency next week. And we had talked about it earlier this week and teased it. And I feel like we underrepresented your questions on the Two Minute Drill Tuesday. So we'll dip into the mailbag to finish up today's program. At BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL is where you can find us on Twitter. That's where you can get involved in any of the mailbags we do on this podcast. And we will continue to do those weekly all off season long. Cam Newton, he is returning to the New England Patriots. It's a one year deal. So this isn't a long term fix necessarily at quarterback for the New England Patriots. A one year deal worth up to $14 million. It sounds like that is an incentive laden contract and multiple media outlets. I don't know if this is the Patriots letting everybody know that they're still maybe in the market for a quarterback. I would assume this is a perfect setup to draft a quarterback to play and learn behind Cam Newton this year. And this is a nice draft to find that quarterback. And maybe even that guy's there at pick 15 for the New England Patriots. But what are your thoughts there on Cam Newton coming back to New England for uh, one more run with the Patriots? Yeah, I was a little shocked. I mean, I, I didn't think this would be plan number one. This would be down the list of, you know, if this doesn't work out, this doesn't work out. And maybe those things didn't. Maybe they, who knows? Maybe they were on the phone with Houston and Seattle and who knows who. But a um, couple things. I mean, I thought it was really interesting last year when it was clear Brady was leaving. What style quarterback does Belichick want? Well, I think he's telling us that running is important. And I think a lot of people kind of brushed this off like, man, they're settling for Cam Newton because he was flat out bad last year. But I also think it was such an odd year. He got into the equation late. There was no preseason. He even said, you know, I had COVID and it messed me up. And I I kind of took that with a grain of salt as, man, maybe that's an excuse just for playing crappy. But I've never had COVID and had to compete on Sundays with people trying to beat me up. You know, I mean, I'm <laughs> right. sure it affects everybody differently. And another and year so removed from ahead, some yeah. of the uh, another year removed from some of the injuries he's had too. So it's not right, out of the right. question to think just physically this is a better Cam heading into 2021 than we saw last year with no offseason. Right, and an entire year to prepare and know the playbook and get more around them. I don't hate it. And to your point immediately when I read it, I thought, wow, they still have a lot of cap space. I wonder if there's going to be another shoe dropping here. Um, Not Jimmy, probably, and that's been rumored heavily, but somebody young and athletic, possibly, and I'm not exactly sure who that is. Maybe even Mitch Trubisky on the cheap. I mean, somebody that can run, that has some size, but maybe preferably is, to your point, what if it's Trey Lance or Fields? You know, if you can try to get to position to nab one of those, that's a great succession plan there. 
And by the way, Trey Lance's pro day at North Dakota State is happening as we speak right now, and I don't have that on. I should probably get that on the screen just to see some of those wow throws and and see what he looks like in shorts because teams haven't had a lot to look at when it comes to Trey Lance. He played one game, this weird sort of an exhibition showcase game that was almost like a preseason game. And so really when you're looking at Trey Lance, you're going all the way back to 2019 tapes. So this is probably a much different human being at that point. I know how much I changed between ages 19 and 20 and even physically. I'm sure he's put on more weight and might throw the ball a little bit different. So it behooves teams that are interested in Trey Lance to go see him in person and might be the only opportunity some head coaches and GMs have had to see him throw in person because they might not have even been scouting quarterbacks in 2019 when he was last on the field. So uh, that's an interesting one there. Where will he go? He's the hardest quarterback of this class to get a a beat on where he will be in the draft because he could go as high as number two. He's got that much talent. He could be falling down to where the Patriots are at 15 and who knows, maybe even beyond. You you never really know with these things. So um, that's an interesting one. And the Patriots could potentially be a nice fit there for Trey Lance behind Cam Newton. I kind of like that the more I think about it if that's the type of quarterback that the Patriots are looking for because Trey Lance has been compared to Cam Newton because of his size and his ability to run over DBs and and move around and he has a cannon of an arm. But the biggest thing with Cam Newton and the Patriots to me is that they like him enough, obviously, and he likes being there enough, and it would seem that uh, he could be better physically and just know the playbook better, have a full offseason and all that, but being able to add more pieces around him is key, too, because he was throwing to, what, Demir Bird? was his number one receiver, right? right? So they've still got to figure all that stuff out. And an incentive-laden $14 million contract still means they have a ton of space to go figure that out. So, you know, veteran option one there, maybe even another veteran to back him up, and you could still go into the draft. So maybe it's all the above for the Patriots at quarterback. But uh, one more quick note, you mentioned Jimmy G, and there was the report that Jimmy G was plan A, and uh, there have been, uh, there was another report here that says the Patriots did kick the tires on Garoppolo, and we're told by the 49ers that he was currently not available. So uh, it sounds like maybe Jimmy G was plan A. They called the Niners. Niners said, yeah, we're not. We can't move Jimmy G right now. So the Patriots moved on. Do you believe and I'm, I think we've had this conversation. I know you talk about unlocked on Niners a lot. The only way that you deal Jimmy is if you can clearly upgrade. I mean, and really, that's Watson because you're not going to get Wilson off a yeah. division rival. Dak's tied up. I mean. To me, that's the only way that even if you were to trade up or trade Lance fell to you, you still probably want to start Jimmy to start the season. I mean, like the only way I can see him not being a Niner is if Watson's taking snaps there. It's tough. It's it's almost a circular argument with Jimmy Garoppolo, because if you hold on to Jimmy G, then you trade a first round quarterback. Well, now you have a lame duck starter. And even if he is the starter in week one, you know, he's going to eventually be gone. And now you spent your first round pick that you needed to build around Jimmy G to win. You used that, and you didn't save the cap space of trading Jimmy Garoppolo away. Mm -hmm. So how much better did you make your team now? But maybe you have the best quarterback opportunity with a quarterback now and a quarterback in the future. And I would think someone like Trey Lance would, yeah, he's not quite ready to, to play yet in week one, and you wouldn't expect that. But the other quarterbacks, if they were to make a move for, say, Zach Wilson or even Justin Fields or Mac Jones, those quarterbacks are more ready to play. And if you already know that you're going to, try really hard to go trade for Deshaun Watson or you really want to draft one of these quarterbacks, haven't you really truly deep down already made the decision on Jimmy Garoppolo? And so in that case, I would think you would be listening hard to offers right now because those offers are going to dry up and we've seen it. Maybe the best clear fit was the New England Patriots and maybe that would be the only team willing to offer you 
what you think you would take for Jimmy Garoppolo. So the timing obviously didn't work for the 49ers. And I'm not surprised that they're waiting to make sure they have a better option before they move on from Jimmy G, but they might not be able to move on from Jimmy G when the time comes that they do actually have that other option. So it's a really tough decision the 49ers have to make, and I'm not surprised they want to win now and they want to make sure that they have their ducks in a row before they did move on from Jimmy G. But the fact that they're in on everybody just makes me believe they've really deep down already made that decision. Yeah, it's really well said. I mean, and again, it seems like, at least just reading the Schefter reports and all these things, that Houston has not had discussions. So if they, if Houston would have came to the conclusion a month ago that Deshaun's going to go, well, maybe all this stuff already happened and he's on another team and maybe even the Niners. So just the timing hasn't worked out because to, for me, to, again, for me to trade Jimmy, I, I, I well, first of all, I don't want to miss the opportunity to land Watson if that's a possibility. So, boy, I would have liked to have had that locked up by now. Yeah, I could still see Denver, Washington, or Chicago being quite happy to add Garoppolo. I think Chicago is a good fit because Jimmy G does have a no trade clause and he might want to take any trade just knowing that he'll still get his salary if he goes even to Houston, even though I don't think that's where he would want to go. And I'm not sure if that's what makes sense for Houston anyways, although um, they do have a GM there that drafted Jimmy Garoppolo in New England. So there is some connection there. But to me, Chicago makes the best fit because they need a veteran quarterback that could help them win. Now, Garoppolo could be that upgrade for them at quarterback. They're on the outside looking in as far as picking 20th in the draft. That's where Jimmy grew up. So, you know, that's, I'm sure, a team that he would waive his no trade clause for pretty easily to go back and play for the Bears. And now that the Patriots are out of the picture, maybe that means the Bears can probably offer a little bit less than if there was competitors for Jimmy Garoppolo. So Chicago does still make some sense, and maybe that could even be a deal that's done after the draft once the Bears realize that, you know, everything else on the free agent market didn't make sense, trades were too expensive, and nobody was there for them to draft at 20. Yeah, and... Again, I'm not sure that the Pats are done at quarterback, but maybe it's rookie or bust for them, you know, and um, I, I, I still think if I were Denver or Washington, I would could do a lot worse than Garoppolo. It's certainly not done, and there's a lot of dominoes still to fall. The Watson thing is the most interesting, and actually, sure. uh, I want to get to a little bit more of that because David Coley did speak to the press, the new head coach of the Houston Texans and the Houston Texans made a signing. So a couple of signings around the league. We'll get to some of your questions coming up here to finish the week on Peacock and Williamson. March Madness is upon us and everyone's getting involved and you can get involved at betonline.ag. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, including the college basketball tournament. Football might be over, but NBA is happening. NHL is happening. Build your brackets. Bet on any of the games happening right now. NFL draft props, which are always super fun. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Go to betonline.ag. Use your mobile device Two, if you want to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use promo code LOCKED ON. Again, promo code LOCKED ON at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. College basketball isn't the only tournament happening this month. Maybe more importantly, the Built Bar Madness. Yes, there is a bracket. We're into the Sweet 16 already for the number one Built Bar flavor. The Sweet 16 beginning 
with the Churro Puff versus Cookies and Cream matchup that you can vote on today at BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter to vote for Churro Puff or Cookies and Cream and keep voting for the entire bracket as we roll through the Sweet 16 and into the championship April 2nd. And don't forget to chomp on a few Built Bars along the way. A low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber snack that tastes amazing and are all covered with 100% real chocolate. Go to BuiltBar.com, vote on the matchups, and remember to use promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 at BuiltBar.com. Save 20% on your next box of Built Bars. So David Coley spoke with reporters yesterday and basically it was it was the same message for the most part coming out of Houston that Deshaun Watson's our guy. We're not trying to trade him and all that stuff. But then you hear stuff from other folks around the league that get the feeling that eventually they're going to cave and they are going to trade him. And it probably has to happen before the draft, but it doesn't sound like it's happening today. But uh, David Coley at one point made it sound like he didn't even know that Deshaun Watson wanted out. Like he wouldn't even, and I'm sure that's sort of just in-house that everyone's like, hey, you know, hush, hush on that. Let's pretend yeah. that none of this is happening. But I mean, he was, he was literally trying to get people to believe that he wasn't even convinced that Deshaun Watson did want out, even though there was a report a couple of weeks ago that they had that meeting and Deshaun Watson reiterated to David Coley that I want out and I will never play for this franchise. What do you mean Deshaun wants to trade? I didn't hear that. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean right. my wife left me? I didn't know that. Yeah, right. It wasn't me, huh? And, you know, right. Come on. Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what to take out of this, except for I do think adding Cully had a lot to do with maybe being a placeholder for McCown, certainly to be a mediator, hopefully voice of reason for Watson. But I also don't think that hardly anyone wanted that job. And it's a miserable situation. They made two strange signings yesterday, and the organization doesn't look like winning is the most important thing. And there's some other obvious issues with the team as well. So I could see why he wants out, and I don't think he's going to get off that soapbox. I mean, like, I don't think he's going to be talked to to be convinced to come back. What do you mean? They've got their franchise running back now in Mark Ingram on a one-year contract <laughs> right. that doesn't move the needle for you? I mean, that, that's what you go out and do. You know, like, that's your top priority in free agent is sign the 29-year-old banger, soon sort of washed up, got sat down guy. I mean, to, ta- to, to team with David Johnson, you know, like. Yeah, so which, 30, <laughs> which 30-year-old running back is the starter there? David Johnson, who took a restructure to stick Ooh. around so he wouldn't be cut, or the newly signed Mark Ingram, who's got a deal that's worth up to $3 million. I'm pretty sure neither one of those guys is going to be on my fantasy team. I can say that much. I yeah, guess David Johnson pretty, could mean, be like, the third down back and Mark Ingram's your banger early down back. Is that is that the way that should work? I would imagine Johnson's definitely the receiving back, Okay, if not more. Maybe he's even the clear one. But, man, I mean, you got to just – and Christian Kirksey's a fine player, but you just gave him $4.5 million. You don't have a lot of money to spend, and you need everything. I mean, if they would have signed a pass rusher or a corner or a tackle, you know, you go sign a two-down back and kind of a two-down linebacker. Like, 
you're not getting it. I guess I get the Mark Ingram thing. He wasn't going to get a, a you know a near starting corner, uh, starting running back job anywhere in the offseason anyway. No. And if you're no. the Texans at this point, it's not going to be a destination for a lot of people. So you, if the, Tex, the, the Texans free agent plan probably, and I, I apologize to Texans fans out there because I'm sure they're as annoy, annoyed about this as anybody, but I feel like we're crushing them. But at this point, the Texans plan should be calling agents. And if that client will play for them, then sign them whenever that is. And so I'm guessing that's kind of part of the thinking here with marking. Yeah, maybe. And those two are not, you know, they, they don't count on the comp pick equation. You know, they, they don't hurt you by signing them because they've been cut. But man, I mean, just the team building there makes me want to pull my hair out. But anyway, the, the last note here on Deshaun Watson as we head into the weekend from Josina Anderson the Texans still haven't had any discussions internally or externally entertaining any deal for Deshaun Watson, if you can believe that. So if you're the Jets, Dolphins, Niners, whoever we talked about, they're probably like, we'd like to talk. You know, you have this really nice thing and we'll give you really nice things for it. But they're not having conversations, you know, like to be honest, now that I think about it, because we mentioned that timeline stuff with the 49ers and it's probably similar for a team like the Bears or Washington that aren't mm-hmm. in the top three of the draft, this really benefits them if this thing with Watson and Houston lingers to pass the draft because now you're on a level playing field with all those teams that had mm, picks higher yeah. than you, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, hey, uh, I, I'm sure the Texans don't look at Washington or Chicago and think, wow, they're going to pick 32 next year. Their first-round pick might be more valuable than Miami's, you know, for sure. Maybe even the Jets, you know, or at least in the same ball, ball ballpark like you talked about. Like, there's no numbers associated with them. They're just future first. How about this one? Tom Brady signing a four-year extension with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Talk about stories I did not think uh, I... Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Was it a four-year? I thought it was a four-year I thought extension. It was, I didn't think it was a four-year. I thought you were joking when you said that. Hold on, let's see here. I thought it was <laughs> something where he was adding years, so that way, that that contract in 2021... Okay, it's looking like a one-year extension. Yeah, I thought so. I was just so saying. That takes him That's to, pretty bold to do it for. So wait, how long... This, this report doesn't say how long his deal already was. Because he was not sc- scheduled to be a free agent. Like when I saw that today, I'm sure it gives them cap relief for this year. Okay, so uh, so this extension, he adds one year to his contract, essentially saving them $19 million against the cap this year. So now Brady is locked in for the next two seasons with the Buccaneers okay. to his age 45 season. Okay, that's what the report is. So, yeah, um, that one-year extension up. adding to the one year he had left on his deal, and that gives them some salary cap space this year to do whatever they need to do to try to get back to the Super Bowl for Brady, which is, I'm sure, the big part of what this is all about is just making some cap room for them. And he was always really kind to the Patriots as far as the, the cap goes. So uh, Tom Brady made a lot of money in his career, probably could have made a lot more. So uh, winning yeah. is still the number one thing on, on his to-do list, and he's signed through age 45 now. Yeah, and his wife's made a couple bucks as well. So, I mean, I think the Bradys will be fine. They, yeah, they'll be okay. Um, I'm I think sure their kids will go to a nice schools and stuff. Yeah, I think they'll be okay. Um, I would imagine he's making like a million this year, league minimum, and gets a big check, and he spread this out, and that might allow them to sign some more folks. You know, they already have Godwin on the franchise tag. They already brought back Levante David, which I'm not sure we mentioned, but that's a, a huge re-signing right off the bat. 
sounds like Gronk will probably play for a cheap puck. Uh, I would imagine AB is going to be there for a good deal. Shaq Barrett's still looming. Sue's still looming. But you're right. I mean, Brady has an awesome history of doing things along those lines or taking less so the teammates can have more and he can have better teammates. And my hunch is you add, you know, what, another year or two years to it, they probably can – it probably doesn't kill them too bad if he only plays one more year and hangs it up. Right, and that's something that they're definitely willing to do. And by the way, no quarterback right. since at least 1950 and for probably a while before that has ever started an NFL game at 45 years old. Crazy. Coming off a Super Bowl title. Uh, Brady's going to do it. Brady? Yeah, I, unbelievable. I hope he plays till he's 50, man. I do too. He still throws the ball well. He hasn't fallen off the cliff that we maybe thought he was going to hit. I think that's been the most impressive thing is that it still looks so much better than someone like Drew Brees, where it's like, ah, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of waning for Drew Brees, and then it got to the point where it's like, oh gosh, Drew Brees can't even throw anymore. Right, right. I mean, that conversation is being swirled around with Roethlisberger. Rivers just retired. Um, you know, Breeze is the obvious example. Peyton Manning absolutely fell off a cliff. I sure hope he doesn't, you know, like I hope he hangs it up the year before that happens because it will happen someday. But by but I, I think what hurt him the most to start last season was no preseason, no mini camps, no normal practice time because that guy needs and thrives with practice. So you take his practice time away and his preseason time away with a new team, he struggles a little bit, but then he gets it all figured out in the end when it matters most. It's amazing. I got to try his smoothie recipe that he he put on TikTok. By the way, Tom Brady, uh, nearing 45 years old, out with the kids on TikTok putting together videos yeah, wow. there. I have a feeling he's not the one that's really behind that social media <laughs> and, and making those videos, but uh, his smoothie recipe looked good. Some berries in there, some chia seeds. Got to try that. Maybe that'll help me out because uh, I'm younger than Brady, and that's why I want him to continue to play forever because uh, I want I want guys that are older than me to play as long as they can because it makes me feel young, uh, but he already looks a lot younger than I do. I feel, feel like I've aged probably five years in the last calendar year anyway. Yeah, maybe I'll try this. Maybe I'll be able to podcast into my 80s if I've yeah. done that regimen. <laughs> exactly. At that <laughs> level. We already have a championship-level podcast, Matt, so we've got to keep that going, so let's keep ourselves in shape. <laughs> All right, let's Love get it. to some of those questions coming up on Peacock and Williamson. I see some good ones, including uh, Trey Lance's Pro Day, not running the 40. Hmm, let's get into those next. Mm, interesting. Have you visited rockauto.com yet? It's the best place to go to keep your car running at an optimal level. If you need accessories for your vehicle, if you need anything at all involving your vehicle, it is such an amazing selection at rockauto.com, and their prices are always reliably low. Why go to other retailers when uh, they have such a limited stock and you don't know what they're even ordering on the other side of a computer screen? You can go find exactly what you need for your make and model, a ridiculous selection at rockauto.com and keep your vehicle on the road. Or maybe even add some fun aftermarket parts, right? rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com with a unique catalog, remarkably easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. 
So this question from Shano, he says, at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL, what do you guys think of this old school type of scouting and which philosophy do you agree with, analytics or eyeballs? And this one to me isn't even so much about analytics, but uh, he was referencing um, Brian Baldinger, who was on NFL Network talking about Trey Lance. And Trey Lance stated that he's not going to run a 40 at his pro day today. That he's going to, you know, he hopes that GMs know he's athletic and can see it on tape and can look at his 21 and a half miles per hour run on the football and his GPS data and realize that he's fast and that running 40 times is not something he's going to do at his pro day. I didn't really think too much of it because who cares? I mean, there's been quarterbacks that didn't run. Um, Lamar Jackson didn't run a 40 at his pro day either. And I think part of it might be like, I don't want people to start saying, hey, he's a running back, not a quarterback. You know, one of those things. Uh, mm, I think that might yeah. be a part don't of it. Don't want to run too well. Right. You don't want to run too well. But he's athletic, period. You know that it, it really matters none in the evaluation. But Baldinger said the thing he didn't like about it was that he wants you to go compete. If there's something to compete in, he wants players to knock the door down. They can't wait to go compete and run a 40 time just to stack that up against, you know, some of the all time great quarterbacks that are currently in the league or the quarterbacks in his class and prove that he's faster, more athletic and just compete. So what do you think about that? Maybe do you ding Trey Lance for not competing and running a 40 at his pro day? It's interesting because originally I kind of thought the same thing. I'm like, that's odd. This is your one chance to show it off. And I kind of had that, you know, Baldinger feel to it. And then I thought, you know, especially as you were talking through there, like, why do I have to see that? You know, I know he's fast. I know he's athletic. I know he's a good runner. The tape doesn't lie on those things. He didn't get slower in this last year, I'm sure. You see him out there moving around and being an athlete. Um, and, I mean, I guess there's that someone could say, oh, he's a running back if he runs a 4-4 flat. I mean, Lamar probably had more of a worry of that. If he runs a 4-3-5, it's like, well, maybe he should line up outside the numbers. Which he would have, by uh, the way. I think he would have blazed four threes and then right. just would have let that idea run a little bit more wild. So I get it more with Lamar Jackson than I even get it with Trey Lance. But the whole argument for me with not running a 40 is it doesn't matter. Is, is him running a 4-5 or a 4-6 make any difference for your evaluation of him as a quarterback? It doesn't matter at all. Right. And here's how I would handle it. True or false. If I were Lance, I would tell everybody, why would I waste all those hours working on my start yes. so I could have a little bit better 40 time when I'm with my quarterback coach learning how to read defenses and work on my drops and quarterback stuff, you know, like playing quarterbacks hard enough. I'm going to have a hard enough transition. And by all accounts, he's super smart. Uh, that should be the logic. That should be the answer. That's what his agent should be telling him. And it's probably true anyway. It's like, why am I working on a 40? Yeah. And like, what if you pull a hamstring or, you know, you hurt yourself and now you can't work out and you can't continue to do those quarterback things. And I'm not sure how they do it at pro days. Do they run first and then throw after? What if he hurt himself running and then couldn't do the throwing workout, right? Yeah. I mean, there isn't much to be gained by it. And I do think that logic of, especially these years, these two years where the scouting world is changing so dramatically, whether we like it or not. And I'm not getting a given Baldinger a hard, hard time, but that, I think that is a little bit old school curmudgeon. Yeah. You should do everything, you know, like should the hunt, you know, like people give the 170 pound defensive back or slot receiver a hard time. If they don't bench, you should bench. You know, like, I'm just going to go up there and look bad. And when I'm, why would I? I'd rather work on my routes. Right. Yeah. Uh, at least it makes some sense 
for the DBs to lift because you know they're putting in time in the weight room. Like, can you just put it up once? You know, like just just so we can see that you put Show some time in. Care. But for the quarterback, you're right. Like, don't waste any second that you could be working on quarterback stuff, watching film, working on your start for a 40 yard dash when it just does not matter at all. Right. I mean, we talked about Brady earlier. Can you imagine if his mentality was anything like it is now? when he's preparing for the league that he had to work on his awful 40 time starts and how bad he looked, you know what I mean? Like, and what the heck did it matter how bad he ran his 40, you know? Yeah. Don't you, don't you bet that Tom Brady wishes he didn't run his 40? Right. I mean, it just hurt him and he looked terrible and he looked like a non-athlete and he probably had to spend time (laughs) practicing it, which I don't want to do that. I want to work on my drops and you know, that kind of stuff. Let's stick with the rookie quarterback theme here given the track record this one from andrew given the track record of the ohio state university quarterbacks in the nfl is the hype around justin fields justified history is against him except there are exceptions to every rule well does he mean how are you interpreting this Uh, because to me it's like well the, the simple answer is you don't scout the helmet you scout the player i think that's a, a rule in general right. without question i also think when he says the hype does he mean negative or positive because there's been a lot of negative buzz about fields lately but i mean he's obviously a super highly touted guy just because haskins failed and whatnot doesn't mean that fields is going to fail but i do think in that system like compared to trey lance like trey lance had way more responsibilities. He's changing protections at the line of scrimmage. You know, Haskins didn't do many of those things at all, let alone, and Fields didn't either. So in a way, the system could hurt you because not only am I receivers going to get open and I trust them and they're wide open, but if I'm, I'm not a real progression reader or making a lot of changes and checks and those type of things, just because that's the system we have, and my job at Ohio State is to win a lot of games and win national mm-hmm. championships, and it's working. And Fields also has the the trump card that Haskins didn't that and he's had his whole life that first read isn't there, second read's not. I'm just tucking running. I'm not going through my progressions like Mac Jones. Yeah, you, you can't you can't you have to project this current player, which is Justin Fields. You have to leave the rest out of it. But I think mm-hmm. there is some correlation to how much Ohio State prepares their quarterbacks for the NFL, which is not much because that's not their worry. They're not trying to produce NFL quarterbacks and train a guy for the next level. They're trying to win games now, and knowing that they're only going to have a guy for a couple years if he's super talented, he's going to leave early. They have to get him to the highest level of competence in their offense as soon as possible. They're not trying to train up a future NFL quarterback. So there, you have to project, and there has to be continued development Beyond that, Dwayne Haskins wasn't willing to put in that work or at least hadn't been to start his career and doesn't doesn't have nearly the the physical talent, I think arm-wise or obviously athletically, that Justin Fields has. So you have to believe in the young man and believe he's going to work hard to get beyond that. And I like Justin Fields a lot. I don't know how far he's going to fall, but at some point if he falls out of the top five, I think you don't worry about where he played at all. You just draft him and, and try to develop the guy. Mold them, right. And that was something I meant to say, too, was uh, to put it nicely, it doesn't sound like Haskins took the very professional approach to mm-hmm. after he was drafted. You know right. what I mean? Where if Fields is the hardest working guy in the room, he's got a lot better chance to succeed. 
Yeah, and there's something to that because at Ohio State, you see them in shotgun all the time, and, and you know, you see some of those offenses in college where a guy, a quarterback, all he does is clap his hands, right? He looks at the sideline. Right, right, Everybody right. looks at the sideline, gets the play. He's in shotgun. He lifts up his leg or claps his hands. poster and, board of Daffy Duck on the sideline. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and some other quarterbacks get more put on their plate earlier, so maybe that helps their transition. doesn't mean they can't get there, but he just wasn't trained up like some other guys. And some, some quarterbacks work from under center, and – you know, turn their back to the defense when they're doing play action and actually call the plays in the huddle. So there's obviously a learning curve, but that doesn't mean he can't do it. It's just the way they do things at Ohio State is different than the way things do it in the NFL. But there was no good Texas Tech quarterbacks before Patrick Mahomes. There was no good Cal quarterbacks before, you know, Aaron Rodgers or whatever. There's no good Del- Delaware quarterbacks before Joe Flacco. So I, you, you scout <laughs> right. the player, not the helmet. Yeah, oh, without question. And that goes for all positions. Penn State's linebacker, you. I'm just going to pay linebackers out of there. Eh, I mean, no. come on. You know, <laughs> I mean, um, I do. Uh, I'm glad we brought this up because we talked about Trey Lance earlier. I don't know that we've brought that up enough, but he had, and same with Wentz, same with Easton Stick. Those guys were asked to do a lot in that program. And everyone just assumes he didn't play this year. North Dakota State, he's going to have the hardest transition of any of the five. Those things are true but he was asked to do a lot more than most of those guys. Absolutely. There's going to be coaches that watch 2019 Trey Lance uh, as a teenager and say that offense translates more closely to what we do in the NFL than Justin Fields offense does. Oh yeah. And all of them. I mean, to be honest with you, I right. mean, he may be number one on that list. Aaron says Kyler Watson or Josh Allen. If you're starting a franchise tomorrow with one of these three, who do you pick? That's an easy one for me, and I would love to have any. I mean, frankly, they'd be all in my top eight probably, but my order would be very clearly Watson, Allen, Kyler. Yep, same here. That's an easy answer for me. We can move on to JDS. Let's finish it up here. This is a tough one. Uh, What are your thoughts on Herbert coming out, and what did everyone get wrong about him? couple things, and I fell victim to this too. It sounds, I mean, he was not a real, and this is just, I mean, I always didn't sit down and have dinner with him or go to the bars with him or anything. He was not a real outgoing, you know, raw, raw, kind of a reserved, the word introvert was thrown around a lot with him. And I think that worries people if you're going to be at that position, you know, the face of the franchise. And this goes back to kind of our old conversation system and whatnot. And that's hard from a scouting perspective, but they didn't let Herbert be as aggressive as they should at Oregon. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, you know, no, like they, they reeled him in. That's a big one. System is a huge one. And Herbert played a lot and, and started so many games too. And he was more polished and more ready than I think a lot of people realize. And that's something I yeah. definitely realized looking back. It's like, oh, he played a lot of football and they didn't really showcase his ability. And I would say there's some correlation there to, you know, Oregon's trying to run an Oregon offense, not an NFL offense. And similar to what we talked about with Justin Fields, they're running the Ohio State offense, not an NFL offense. Justin Fields, though, was allowed to showcase his talents a little bit more, I think, than than Justin Herbert was and shine a little bit more. Even though you saw some ridiculous throws from Herbert and you saw the physical talent, it was just like, yeah, something's not quite right here and something's not mm-hmm. quite coming together. And then you see him on the field on Sundays and you're like, oh, yeah, all the talent was there and it was really his offense in, in college that was holding him back. So in a lot of ways, maybe that's potentially even the case with Justin Fields. And if there is a correlation between prospect and, um, and last year's prospect in this class, I would say there's probably that potential for Justin Fields to be that Justin Herbert type that surprises people like, Oh yeah, he was a lot more ready to play than we thought. 
Yeah, and even just Herbert's on-field demeanor. Like, Fields, you know, is a warrior, is a bulldog, playing through all these injuries and whatnot. Herbert kind of had a Eli Manning feel to him. Yeah, you know, well, just, that's a good one. Eh, you, yeah. know, you know, aw shucks, you know, it's all good. But even with his first year in the Chargers, I didn't get that feeling with Herbert. And he didn't have the benefit of his brother Peyton Herbert playing in the league already, right? Or his dad, Archie. <laughs> right, 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 that too. All right, good stuff. Out of time here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for all of those questions. Keep them coming to me at BD Peacock, Matt at Williamson NFL. Tampering begins Monday, Matt. Free agency frenzy next week here on Peacock and Williamson.